With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase indie entertainers and creative types from all walks. So I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, uh, I want to hear from you. So the, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. I'm on there all the time, at Cutting Room MRB. Uh, or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. Or if you have something that you want to talk about, you want to be on the show, uh, if you're a musician and you want to send me a track to play as part of the, my mid-show break, shoot me an email. I'm always looking for people. Cuttingroomfloor.mrb at gmail.com. A uh, quick thank you as we do at the top of the show to The Wolf, who acts as my announcer. You can listen to him and his dear wife, Susan, every Sunday night right here on the Mix Radio Network from 8 o'clock until midnight on the Live from the Morgue podcast. Uh, also to Michael Cardillo, who wrote my jingle for me, adds a nice little layer to the show. And to my home away from home, uh, out in Los Angeles, Brigade Radio 1, that's Brigade Radio 1, uh, one all spelled out, dot org. And uh, Ethan Detmeyer and the gang have uh, given me a place to hang my hat, and I've got my show syndicated out there. Couldn't be happier about it, and uh, that's been a really good collaboration over the last few years. Um, so the reason that you're listening to this now or downloading it later, of course, I've got two great guests lined up for you today uh, from different you know, sort of ends of the spectrum. Both of them are Canadian. This doesn't happen very often, So, uh, and one of them is actually even local to the point where he's on the other side of the same town that I live in. Uh, so I'll get right to it, and uh, I always give credit where credit is due for referrals. Uh, you know, there's, there's two things that are a high point of compliment. Uh, when you're doing a show like this, one is when people want to come back, and two is when people will actually send people your way, you know, by way of referrals. So, uh, this one has a bit of a family time. My wife's uncle uh, Tony Crevier here, uh, you know, is a, uh, a mutual friend of my guest and I's today. Uh, Dominic DeRose is here for the first half. Uh, Dominic, just so you know a little bit more about him, is an up-and-coming uh, actor based out of the Montreal area. Uh, you could probably recognize him most commonly from his role as Jean-Pierre in the cult hit and uh, Canadian sitcom, great little piece of Canadiana called Letter Kenny. And uh, you know you can find that on uh, you know some of the streaming websites and things like that. One of these things like Trailer Park Boys that becomes really popular, and uh, you know it's, it's good to see that when Canadian content you know gets that kind of reach uh you know internationally so uh so without further ado it's always great to have people on here for the first time i got two people on here for the first time uh the first being dominic de rosa uh, dominic how are you not too bad yourself thanks for having me so the uh the first question i always have for everybody is just sort of a, a bit of an icebreaker when they're on here for the first time did i get all of your bio information right or is that close enough well uh, it's pretty close enough close pretty enough. close enough okay. yes sir <laughs> so is, is there anything that you'd like to add 
Um, no, I've, my, my, so my career started a few years back in a show called Big Wolf on Campus. That was way before Letterkenny. Uh, I was uh, 19 at the time, so yeah, it's quite, quite a few years back. But uh, that's, that's where it all started for me. So, so let's talk about that, Big Wolf on Campus. I mean, the, you know, this was a, you know, a fairly big property, right? This was on YTV, if I don't miss my guess, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so for the uninitiated, what, you know, what is Big Wolf on Campus? Big Wolf on Campus was, uh, I think, a, most a take on uh, Teen Wolf. Uh, you know, high school jock gets bitten by a wolf on a camping trip, and uh, he's going through the emotions of uh, being transformed to a werewolf. So the uh, resident uh, nerd of the school, you know, helps him out to become best buds. And uh, my role in all that, uh, I played the one half of TNT, which was the, the twin bullies of the school that we just terrorize people, and we always got our butts kicked by uh, by the wolf in every other episode. Well, I, that's, that, that sounds like something that uh, that you would have had a lot of fun with, I, I would imagine. Oh, it was a good time, very good time, very good time. It was my uh, my uh, my entry into acting. That was my first uh, my first role ever, and uh, it was a real eye opener for me on the business that I already had loved, but uh, gave me a good insight on the ins and outs and how it worked, how cameras worked. I didn't even know how to where to look. Uh, when the the director yelled action, I was also looking at the floor, counting my steps, where I was going to my mark, until the camera operator explained to me, okay, don't just count in your head, look forward, don't look at the floor, because we see everything that you're doing on camera, and it looks it doesn't look come off as natural. So it was a good school at the same time, and helped me out uh, uh, break into the business and uh, become my own as an actor. It, it's got to be distracting, though, and I mean something as simple as finding your marks has got to be something that 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 is really distracting in the sense that you're, on the one hand, you're focusing on the line, you're focusing on what everybody else is doing, and then you have to be in a specific spot for a specific second. I, you know that that's got to be awfully distracting, I would imagine. It is. I mean, uh, you have to, uh, I mean, they say practice makes perfect. I mean, you can't take too many takes because the more takes you, you do, it costs, uh, right. costs production company a lot more money. So uh, you try the best you can. I mean, you don't always hit the mark, but you try and be in the vicinity of that area. And uh, the director makes the call of, uh, God, do it again. Let's do another take. Or, okay, that's good. Let's move on. And when you hear that, then you know you did your job as a as a performer. So, so how did you decide on on actually getting into this profession in the first place? So, you know, if you can take a step backwards, I I know the Big Wolf on <laughs> campus was a break for you, but but uh, even before that, you know, we'll walk us through the process of you know, okay, this is something that I want to do to actually going out and getting your first couple of jobs. Well, when, when, I mean, when I was younger, I was always interested in drama. And then uh, when I got into high school, uh, we had a drama program. And uh, my teacher at the time, uh, his name was Kevin Woodhouse, was also an actor. And he was uh, in the, the film business. And uh, he, he opened my eyes to it. So through the drama process, I uh, I really enjoyed doing it. And he said, you know what? He goes, you should try and... Uh, you should try and try it out when you get when you finish high school. And I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like, you know, I want to pursue that. Like, I could have went to John Abbott and went to the theater program. But right out of the gates of high school, I went to a, an open casting call, like one of those cattle calls, model and talent bureau, right. come down, you know, one of those things. And uh, I was placed to an agency. Uh, so uh, to give myself that first taste, for two years, I didn't get a job, not an audition, nothing, my first agency. Really? And I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is great. <laughs> You can't, what are you? I mean, are you an actor? No, I, 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 I'm a name in an agency. I have never got an audition. And then my first real audition was uh, Big Wolf on Campus, and uh, it took uh, it took three years before I, I got an audition. So, so, yeah. so, so, no, well, well, walk us through the process then. Well, what's it like preparing for an audition? I, I, I guess what, did, you know, did the agency actually bring that role to you, or did you? Was it something that you you found yourself and you said, look, this is something that I want to try out for? 
No, they brought they brought the role to me. They, they said that the original role I went for on Big Wolf was uh, the brother of uh, of the main character, sort of like a aloof couch potato type uh, type of guy, and uh, I, that's what I auditioned for. Uh, they bring you the sides. They tell you. They give you a, a brief breakdown of what the character is, and uh, away you go. Like you know, the auditions on this date, this time, show up, be prepared, be off, be off script. Okay. So as an actor, you get minimal information what the character is. You got to prepare for it. And it, for me, even after 20 years, it's the most nerve-wracking thing every time I go to an audition room because it's like you have 30 seconds to a minute to make or break that role. And if you get the the nod of okay, can we do it again? Then you know that you're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. If you get the thank you very much, thanks, thanks for coming in, then you, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you just walk out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you walk out your head hanging. Out. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'm gonna go home now and cry and bang my head against the wall. <laughs> but you know that's that's what it comes out to. You have to expect 99% of the time that you're gonna get rejected. But that one percent, that one percent makes makes your day. When you get that one role, it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. For me, it's not the size of the role or how many days you're going to be shooting. Just to say, you got it. Thank you very much. That's that's the accomplishment in itself, that they recognize that you, you've won over the role against whatever. It could be five actors, could be 100 actors, could be 1,000 actors, but you won over that role and you made them, you, you made them notice you as an actor. Yeah, to get that specific role, so that's yeah, what I that's what I uh, I get out of it, you know. You were able to to effectively project something that they wanted, right? And, yeah, like yeah. we're gonna came for Big Wolf. The first audition I did, I heard nothing for three months, so I forgot about it. I was like, okay, whatever. And then uh, I was finishing a shift. I was working at a restaurant as a dishwasher at the time, and my agent called me. Goes, the producer wants to see you today, like in an hour. I was like, what? He said, you want to see you in an hour? Okay, so he shoots me off uh, where I had to go. I showed up unshaven, barely washed. <laughs> I walked in and he's like, yeah, how you doing? Uh, his name was Rich Eustace. He was uh, actually one of the producers of Head of the Class. It's a show from the 80s. I don't uh, know if you oh, of course, yeah. watched yeah. that. Yeah. And I uh, shook his hand and uh, we chit-chatted and the whole time we were talking, he was uh, recording me and he only told me after the fact that uh, the, the meeting was over. I've been recording you. I wanted to see how your mannerisms were, how your quirkiness and we went over some lines in the show and then uh, he goes, we'll see what we'll see. I said, okay, well, thank you for your time. I went home, and four days later, they called me to tell me that I got the role of Tim Eckert on Big Wolf on Cap. So, and I was over the moon. I quit my job on the spot. Like, ah, I quit. That's it. Thanks. I'm going to Hollywood. See you later. Bye. That was it, you know. What, did they actually uh, would they, they shoot it in California, or, or was it? No, like, no, no. For me, Hollywood, I mean, it could be California. It could be Toronto. It could be Montreal. I was going to be a working actor. That was my. That was uh, all that mattered, right? Yeah. That's all that mattered for me. I, you know, fame and fortune can come to anybody. For me, acting, if you're working in the craft you love and you're you're making a living out of it, even if your name is not in the papers, it doesn't matter. You're doing what you love. You're doing your you're doing your craft, and oh. that's that that's the type of actor that I am. I'd rather be working, putting food on the table, <laughs> paying my bills, <laughs> and, and doing uh, doing what I love doing. You know. Uh, you know, I could be on set one hour. I could be on set twenty-four hours. It doesn't matter to me. It's all uh, it's it, it's a passion of mine that I, I enjoy doing. So, well, I mean, that's it's spoken like an honest man, Dominic, and I I certainly respect that. And and uh, you know, the fact that you enjoy it certainly comes through abundantly. So I, I I can appreciate that. I mean, that's why I do podcasting, right? So, uh, you know, I know that no matter what kind of shitty week I've had, that that you know, once Sunday at two o'clock comes around, I'm going to get a chance to talk to somebody like you or the other guests that I've had on. I know I'm going to have fun for an hour so no, it's amazing i mean there's no other feeling compared to you know yeah like, exactly yeah yeah that, that one hour could be that doesn't matter you're like 
you're on level nine for that one hour. You're like, great, perfect. So, so let's talk about another. Uh, you know, I, you know, we we can call out the elephant in the room. I mean, you, you're you've done some work on Letterkenny, and um, by all yes. stretches, I, I mean this is all over the place. So, you, you know, you see it, uh, you know, on the streaming services and things like that. I mean, this has become really popular, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they just signed a huge deal, uh, and then they were saying it's the one of the biggest orders in television, in Canadian television history, for forty more episodes. And uh, like one of those sleeper cell cult classics. I mean, when you first see commercials of Letterkenny, you're like, oh, what's that about? But the minute I saw the first episode, you're, you're hooked. You're really, you, it's, it's like, it's, it's one of those types of, of shows that everybody can relate to. And the cast and crew, I mean, the creator, uh, Jared Kiso, uh, you know, especially also the director, Jacob Turney, was super guys. Like when, when you're on the set, Every single person, every single crew member, every single actor, you're all treated on the same level. You're like family. And it's something you, very rare that you see on sets today. Well, and, and one of the things that I noticed about that, I, I haven't admittedly seen too too much of it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll admit to this, but it, it's one of those things where you watch it and you think, okay, you know, and then you walk away thinking, what in the hell did I just see? Right. And, <laughs> and it kind of sticks with you, right? It does. It you does. Know, and, and, the, and people like, you'll, you'll catch the phrases like, uh, you know the, the Canadiana way way of speech, like how you now and all these things. Like, I'll say it myself, and I I would never say something like that before. But when you watch a show and then you you, you see all the different episodes and the, the characters, it, for me I can all, I think anybody in my family I can relate someone in that family to a character in that show that reminds me of them. That's what I, I like about the show. It's it's fresh. Every episode that comes up, there's something in it for everybody. Like I said. And, and that's and it, 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 it keeps the attention. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's about a bunch of regular people in a small town in Ontario, from what I understand of it, right? Like, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so, so I guess, how did you get brought into the mix in, in terms of this? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey for. Well, I was on a, I was, on, I just came off a five year hiatus from acting because I took some time off uh, for my children. I took to raise them. Okay. You know, I took some time for myself, and I had some some things going on in the past. So, you know, I'll take a little bit of a break. And I got back into it, and that's a hard thing to do as an actor is to pull back from uh, from the business, for, especially for five years, and then go back into it because you have to. It's starting from ground zero again. But when you when you start from the bottom and you work your way back up to starting to get gigs, and it, that for me was was very surprising. I was I was shocked and humbled by it as well. My agent called me and said, "I got I got an audition for you for Letterkenny." And I knew of the show at the time, but not uh, like you. Like I, I knew of it. I haven't. I wasn't an avid watcher as of yet. So right away, I did my research. I started watching it, and I was hooked into it right away. And uh, the character I was going for was Jean Pierre, who is the, the doppelganger to the Squirrely Dan. So we're we're four guy. We're for three guys and one girl from Quebec, who are like like the bizarro bizarro world, like uh, the, the, that's the session I had in Seinfeld. Yeah, the yeah, bizarro yeah, Seinfeld. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the same thing. We're four from Quebec, and then we're we're the Quebec version of the four Hicks from from Letterkenny, Ontario. So I had the lines, and uh, the lines were in English, but uh, they told us, uh, you know, do the lines in French. So we translated them. I did it in French. Uh, Twenty-five minutes later, I, I, uh, I filmed it, gave myself an audition on tape, sent it in. All right, best of luck. You know, we'll see what comes out of it. Four days later, my agent called me. She goes, "Yeah, they're they're offering you the role. Uh, do you accept?" I'm like, of course, of course. And that was my. Uh, my opening back into uh, back into acting. That was my first gig back, and uh, to be part of this show for me is uh, is amazing because of its popularity. 
also that it's not surprising but it's it's nice to see a canadian homegrown show become uh popular and grow uh within the country itself and wanting to be, expand to the rest of the world people i mean i have a cousin who lives in australia and he loves the show he streams it out there and he shows it to people out there and that the word of mouth gets around that the show becomes uh to onto a bigger plateau to uh, give the recognition to the guys who created it. I mean, from nothing. They started off on their YouTube channel as well, doing two-minute uh, skits, and now look where it is now, merchandising. They're doing a live tour starting on the February 27th, actually, across Canada. They'll be doing Letter Kenny Live. Okay, so I, is, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back on that in a second, right? Sure. But, but, but uh, you know, just, just to sort of touch on that, I mean, in a way, you guys are working with a property that, that uh, does speak to a lot of different people on a lot of levels, even if you're outside of Canada, because they're, I, I mean, life in a small town is life in a small town. You're going to get that pretty much in any, you know, sort of English-speaking country. I would imagine that you get the same yeah. type of character types, that you know, the know-it-all and the, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, and I, the one thing I noticed from what I did see is that you're not making a lot of deliberately Canadian references, right? So this is something that, you know, to a certain extent, there's a little bit of universal truth there and the humor that, that, that can be sort of appreciated by people outside of Canada, I thought. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it's uh, everyday life. Like you get up and like, if especially like when you get up, you do your normal day. And you think back of what you did during the during the day, and like some stuff you did, like that's oh, pretty funny. But who would watch that? But this is a show that shows that when someone gets up, this is what happens in a in a regular day. What can go wrong? What, <laughs> the funniness between the camaraderie between the 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 characters on the show, and they have your resident skids, and you have the you know the local uh, the the um, the Indian tribe that's uh, I forget the actual name of the tribe. Well, that's not a tribe; it's like the the culture, uh, and it, it touches. Everything, how everybody interacts, or who's mad, and who, and who's gonna make fun of who, and the trouble it becomes, and let's go smoke a dart, let's have a beer, let's you know, spitting contest. It's things that <laughs> that you see all the time, even you know, just get-togethers in the summertime. So it's a uh, it's it's a cool show. I mean, uh, I can't I cannot put it on a high enough pedestal right now because I'm very proud to be on this show. No, I would imagine there's yeah. a lot of situations where you guys are cracking yourselves up, right? I oh, mean, for sure, for sure. You know, there's I, a lot of practice on the show, and it's you know they have these blooper reels. If you go on YouTube, like you'll see like from past seasons blooper reels of uh, of the show, and it's just you know you see it's a good time. You know, everybody is uh, everybody's aces. Everybody's uh, everyone. Anyway, there's good camaraderie between everybody. So. If one's having a bad day, everybody's having a bad day. One's having a good day, everybody's having a good day. Everyone flows together. So where is it actually shot? It's shot in Sudbury. All the way up there, really? Yeah, and it's a great town. Great town. The locals are uh, amazing people. Uh, you know, uh, I went up there for a week because uh, we just we just finished shooting the, the fifth season. And also Jay Baruchel is also in the fifth season, and Evan Breen, who was also uh, in the fifth season. Uh, we went up there for a week, shot, uh, well, well, my part uh, well, from the episode that I'm in. Uh, and uh, it's one of those types of towns, like I've never been there before. It's way up north, but it's, uh, it's a down-to-earth town. Everybody's, everybody's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I have an uncle up there, and uh, I mean that's uh, that's one hell of a, a, a commute. I mean, I would they would gather, yeah. they would they would have you up there for what a matter of two or three weeks, or how long are you up there when you go? I was I was up there for I was up there for a week. So, oh, yeah, only a week. Nickel yeah. capital okay. of the world. Didn't know that until I got up there. I was pretty. Uh, I was like, oh, it's cool. Nickel capital of the world. 
yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the great big thing, right? The, the, That's it, yeah. yeah so, yeah, because uh, uh, my my dad's from Kirkland Lake, so which is even further north than than Sudbury. So. Oh. But um, and you mentioned Jay Barishall, and uh, you know I'm I'm a huge fan of his. I actually saw him perform live uh, when he did a, uh, a version of uh, a Sherlock Holmes play um, at the Sadie Bronfman Center in Montreal. And uh, you know, there's a guy that that. Uh, can crack people up but he's also got a lot of range too i mean uh, for, oh, yeah, for given sure. his age I, I you know the, that, that guy is wise beyond his years i find no no he's a he's a he's a hell of a performer he, uh, he knows uh started at a young age i mean you remember i used to watch my popular mechanics yeah uh, oh. on, on the tube you know and then uh, to see where where he's become uh and he's still he's a homegrown canadian still is toronto well he's from montreal but he lives in toronto now but uh, i mean he's, he's close to his roots and uh, he's down to earth. Yeah, he, and, uh, he, he says that part of the fun of living in Toronto when you're from Montreal is, you know, hanging on to the fact that you're a Habs fan. And I got something. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah. I, I, so I, I guess give me an idea for the scope of this. Is this something that you've been recognized for uh, out in public? Or, I, um, since like here, yeah, like I, I'll, I'll get noticed now. Because oh, okay. I mean, I've okay. had uh, when the show came out, I mean, uh, before the episode that I was in, the first one in season three, uh, no one really uh, knows. For, you know, not many people knew Dietrich Kenny, but I mean, through word of mouth, oh, you're for, oh yeah. So I, I mean, I was, you know, I've been called Squirrely Dan before, uh, and then when people actually saw the episode, then they see me in public, like not a ton of not- of being noticed, but that doesn't bother me. I mean, uh, I'll give autographs if I if someone asks me to give them one. I've taken pictures of people. Uh, you know, I'll promote K Trev anytime. I mean, even when I was in Sudbury, they thought I was him. You know, <laughs> if people would come up to you, oh, I love your show. I'm like, great. Hey, no problem. We take a picture. Let's take a picture. And I'd see him and say, hey, hey K Trev, I just took some pictures for you. No problem. No thanks necessary. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and he, this guy, he's one funny guy. I mean, he's uh, for stand up, he's come a long way. And he's also up for uh, a CSA as a supporting uh, in a comedy series this year. So at the uh, Canadian Screen Awards. So that's. Uh, you know, I've let her kids up for nine awards for the Canadian Screen Awards on so, March 11th. So you mentioned that you got this uh, this upcoming live tour, you know, coming about. I I actually had one of the uh, the uh, alumni from um, Trailer Park Boys, the guy who plays uh, Cyrus Bernie Robichaux, has been on here a couple of times, and he was telling oh. me he he was telling me that 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 he's done live shows, right? Uh, is this a, a new thing for you, performing live, like on stage, or I, I guess? Um, well, I like, got uh, the, the the Montreal show that's coming up. There will be some surprise guests. Okay. You'd have to buy a ticket to see you who's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Don't want to give any spoilers away. Don't tip but, your uh, yeah. No, no, gotta keep that to heart. Uh, <laughs> but I'm very proud that they're doing a show in Montreal. And, and I mean, live is yeah, it's a bit different than doing a, you know, there, if you make a mistake, you're live. Like now we're live. There's a mistake that's made. Hey, go with it. Roll with the punches. Keep going. You know, and that's to see the basic the, the basic formula for it, they're going to be doing a live sketch comedy. Uh, some bef- never seen before sketches four letter Kenny and then Mark Forward who plays the coach on the show and uh, K Trevor Wilson will be doing some stand up comedy as well okay so it's but, not so it's not uh, sort of a straight up script reading of an episode or stuff like that you guys are actually going to no, be we're doing different, uh, different odds and ends different, different the way uh, the way I've seen it and the way I, w- I, I, I could be not 100% accurate but the way it looks is like it's going to be different skits uh, live script reading, maybe live scripting or different skits, excerpts from the show, and then uh, two uh, two stand-up performances from uh, Kitcher Wilson and Mark Ford. 
so I want to take a, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left here to get together, Dominic, sure. and I, I just sort of wanted to get in a plug for some of the other projects that you're working on. You, I mean, you're busy, which is great. Um, I, I understand that you have a short film in post-production, I think it called, uh, it's Carla, Your Agent. Yes, 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 Tiny Arms Productions. Uh, it's Carla, Your Agent. I got to play uh, a director in that one. Of uh, Basically, it's a day in the life of an actress who goes for an audition. So it's a, it's a project that's close to the heart of any actor. Uh, that's in, in, in that, that's around the business. What they go through the process, go for an audition, see what comes out of it. Uh, so the whole short takes place in like in that span of 24 hours. Okay. What mm-hmm. what her life is like, preparing, going through the audition, wait and see if she was going to happen. I play the quirky casting director, and it was neat to play a casting director because uh, this character that I play, he's uh, he's off he's he's off the rock a little bit. He's very. Uh, <laughs> Explosive, to put it that way. Well, I mean, it's nice to be able to, to, to have fun with it, you know, knowing that, that you know what it's like firsthand to, to be on sort of a casting situation and, you know, have the tables turn where you can have a little bit of fun with some of the, maybe some of the things or some of the experiences that you've had, right? Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I can, I can just imagine uh, what a caster, like, you know, uh, goes, sees all day long, you know, the same scene over, like, oh, for five, six hours straight. And I'm sure... I've been to auditions, and at the end of the day, I'm at like the last one at the end of the day, and uh, I can just imagine what they're thinking. Okay, another one. Okay, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming. All right. Have a good night. Bye bye now. You know. So it's uh, it was neat to play that character um, for for the for the short. Yeah. Another project that uh, it's coming out. They're gonna be uh, in Cannes. They're gonna be uh, doing the uh, premiere in the Cannes Film Festival. Was the uh, the Harry Kubert affair? Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Dempsey. That was uh, that was fun. Patrick Dempsey. Uh, really? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He plays yeah. the main character, and there's a uh, Ben uh, Schnetzer. Uh, I think I said his name wrong. I, if he's listening, I'm sorry. If I said your name wrong, Ben. Yeah, super guy. Good all-star cast on that one. And I play a seedy motel clerk. And that, you know? that that, from what I understand, is a miniseries, or is that a? It's video? a ten-part miniseries. Yeah. Okay. All right. Based based on the novel by Joel Dicker. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, it's a neat uh, neat miniseries. I can't give too much away about that because a I don't know the whole story. Cause I just know what I got, you know. But they gave me <laughs> as, as far as size. That's all I know about the story. I don't know much more about it. But uh, it's a ten-part miniseries. The basic book, as it goes, though, uh, Harry Kubert is a writer, and it's uh, uh, he's involved in like a murder, and they want to know if he did it or not. So it's a it's a whole synopsis of going through the the process trying to find out who the who 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 the killer is how they got there and it takes place over a few different decades the way the story goes back and forth now now well, you know certain people you can pick up a vibe from and I, you know i, I kind of get the sense from you but uh i mean I, have you ever thought about writing your own original piece or uh, trying well, to I'm, try- work, I'm working on something now i've been writing it uh, for the last year or so it's uh because uh, I, I like crime novels, I like crime, like you know, you know, mobster stuff. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, okay. Just, I just like that type of genre, the crime genre. So I've been writing one. It's called Green. Uh, takes place in Montreal, based uh, on the, you know, I would say take on the Irish, Irish side of the the, the criminal uh, empires. But it's it's called Green. So we'll, uh, and it's basically about a guy and uh, how his life turned didn't turn out the way he wants, and he wants to go straight. Uh, you know, it's one of those stories. Maybe you've seen it a hundred times before, but depends on. It's the different take that I'm on. I'll run a base out of Montreal, even though not based on anybody in Montreal. No, just it's uh, a fictional yeah. based out of Montreal. Because if I would, 
bring it to to script and bring it to, and then get it greenlit. I would love to film it in Montreal, have it based in Montreal, you know, my hometown, uh, to give it that, that the boost to the city as well, you know, just to show a different aspect. Well, instead of being out of New York City or Chicago or you know, most of these crime stories where or Boston, most of these crime stories where they're held, you know, and when you see them on the big screen or the small screen, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, I've been writing, and we'll see one day, and we'll see when when I'm satisfied with it, then I'll uh, I'll try and I'll shop it around. Until then, you know, I'll keep working at it and uh, trying to perfect it the way I see it. So the last question I have for you, Dominic. First of all, this has been a lot of fun, and I'd be proud to have you back anytime. Right? Uh, oh, anytime, no problem. You know, you know, once you get further down the line with this Harry Cubera uh, affair, if you want to come back and talk about that, when you want to share more of it, then then I'd be I'd be happy to have you on again. Yeah, right? yeah not a problem. Be on, be an honor. All right. Uh, so my last question for you is this: grandstanding time. Uh, where can people go to learn more about you and uh, follow up on all the projects that you're working on? Well, you have IMDb. I mean, I am on Twitter. Um, my handle Dom DeRosa seventy nine. Uh, I'm also on um, what's this called Instagram Dom DeRosa. Never gonna miss the tag. And I try and post things when I can. Uh, what I'm allowed to post. I mean, I don't want. I can't get like you know, can't give too many things away. But uh, yeah, follow me. Come on down. I'm easy going. You know, if you want to shoot me off some questions, uh, and you want to pick my brain about acting, not a problem. It's one of the best professions in the world for me uh and uh, it's a, that's a way to play make believe every day and do what you love at the same time and just because i know i'm going to be asked this it's uh d rosa with an with an i not an e so uh di yeah di space rosa all right so uh dominic what can i tell you it's been a pleasure to uh, to talk with you this was a lot of fun and uh you know best of luck to you and if there's anything i can do to help you then i want you to let me know all right well, not a problem. Thank you for having me on the show, man. It was great. All right. Okay. So uh, we'll be talking to you soon, okay? All right. Take care. Okay. Take care. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that was Dominic DeRosa, and uh, I'm going to talk him over here. Great actor, uh, up-and-coming actor out of Montreal, and I'm going to see if I can get uh, Sean Clark on here. So just bear with me for a second. Yeah, there's Sean. Okay, hi, Sean. Hey, Casey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Okay, so uh, my guest in the second half of the show uh, is Sean William Clark, who's a musician based out of Toronto. Uh, we're going to take our mid-show break, so Sean, if you could just hit the mute button down at the bottom of your uh, uh, of your screen there, just to make sure that, or turn the volume down or what have you. Uh, I'm going to do a sounder for Brigade Radio 1, the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up with Jason Hadley, and I'm going to play the first of two tracks that I'm going to be playing by my guest today. Uh, this one's called the Distortions by, uh, by Sean William Clark off of his uh, newest album, Topaz, and we'll be back in about five minutes. All right? Perfect. Sounds good. everyone it's ethan with combat radio you know one of the projects we're most proud of around here is the two disc audiobook we produced with disney legend bob Gurr. from his years of working with walt disney to designing the t-rex for jurassic park to godzilla 1998 the work this man has done is legendary he designed elements of the matterhorn monorail haunted mansion autopia and much much more get the two disc audiobook at cd baby just go to cd baby and enter fail fast combat radio conversations with disney legend bob Gurr, and bang you're on your way to greatness
It's the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up with your host, Jason Hadley. Following a verbal altercation, legendary rapper Flavor Flav took a severe beatdown from a fellow gambler during a recent visit to Las Vegas. Going forward, Flavor Flav will need to be much more specific the next time he says he wants to stop into a casino for a couple of quick hands. Star of Discovery Channel's reality series Storm Chasers, Joel Taylor was found alone in his cruise ship cabin, having died from an overdose of the date rape drug GHB. Taylor's right hand is currently being held for questioning. Accusing him of sexual assault for an incident back in 2005, Australian actress Natalie Mendoza told reporters she now forgives disgraced movie producer Harvey Weinstein. Telling reporters she forgives Harvey Weinstein is currently her most convincing acting work to date. Oh, we finished early? Huh. Well, does anyone have any questions? And that's the Hollywood Rockin' Wrap-Up. Follow us on Twitter at Rockin' Wrap-Up.
from his latest album Topaz that was Sean uh, William Clark and the track was called Distortions and with me on the line for the second half of the show is Sean William Clark uh, he's an indie film singer out of uh, indie folk singer I should say excuse me out of Toronto uh, he's been nominated for multiple awards and uh, that was the track from his third album uh, again called Topaz uh, so Sean how are you Good. How you doing, Casey? Good, good. Uh, so again, you know, it's always a point of pride to have people on here for the first time. So, uh, Sean, my first guest for people when they're on here for the first time is just a bit of an icebreaker. Uh, did I get all your bio information right, or is there something that you'd like to add to that? Uh, no, it sounded, it sounded pretty good, yeah. <laughs> okay, great, great. Um, so I, I guess we can just sort of talk about this. You know, normally I ask people to tee up the songs, but I am going to play another one in a few minutes here. But, uh, you know, Distortions, what can you tell us about that as a piece? Um, well, uh, I think the, the style of the songwriting, um, I, I play uh, sometimes in a, a cover band with some friends, and we only do Canadian pop rock from 1986 to 1996, like a very uh, niche uh, uh selection of music <laughs> and uh we're called the kim campbells and we only play uh you know, like once a year uh but from that uh i think that influenced my songwriting a bit uh, and i've been listening to a lot more pop rock uh so the start of that song has that really poppy vibe um lyrically it's about uh you know distractions in our lives uh whether that's cell phones or netflix or whatever um and uh, the band Metallica makes a cameo in the second half. <laughs> the, oh. the, the, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, that kind of explains why that one got my attention. I, I kind of like the, the up tempo stuff that, that's got a bit more of a pop feel to it. So uh, I was listening to the album over the course of the last couple of days, and that was one of the ones I kept going back to. So I thought I'd play that. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I, I like that song a lot. It's a lot of fun to play live too. When I've got a full band, it's great. So, I guess how did you get started? I mean, this is your third album. I mean, you know, that's an accomplishment by any stretch of the imagination. But, but uh, tell us a little bit about your journey here. Um, within the uh, kind of indie folk world, um, uh, about many years ago, I started playing with a, a band called Alenka and the Autumn Lovers. Um, they're out of London, Ontario, and uh, I learned a lot through through them and met a lot of people and uh, kind of got the confidence to go on my own. Um, I also briefly played with Timber Tambor as a saxophone player. And um, yeah, and from there it was just I had songs and I, I just wanted to get them out there. And then once I did it the first time, it just felt like I, I, could, I could do it better. <laughs> so uh, it was just a trying to improve it and then the next thing you know it's like it's just something i can't shake i just got to keep it going and uh i mean i i read about your your second album william but but uh, what was the first one uh i, I couldn't find the first one was out. called yeah the first one was called like birds too tired to fly uh it was released in 2010 um it's a it's an album i i'm proud i'm proud of it but it's definitely not without its faults <laughs> or without its uh, weak points and as a first album can be. Well, I, I mean, it's a learning curve too, right? I, I mean, you're you're, yeah. you're you're doing a lot of this on your own, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a great learning experience, that's for sure. And and I feel like between that and even between that album and the second album, William, there's a huge growth that uh, that I think uh, is it's really nice. 
Well, William, from from what I understand of it, uh, from the press release that you sent me and, and some of the information I, I saw on your website, that, that was the one that started to actually get you some airplay, from from what I understand, right? Yeah, that album, um, I got some really nice reviews um, in Now Magazine and Exclaim and, um, and online. People were really enjoying it. And um, I had a little bit more idea of how to kind of, I guess, get myself out there. I still don't really know how to do it, <laughs> but uh, I was definitely better at it. So uh, I, I guess I just, that's the first album where I was kind of on a pretty um, obvious path, I think. And uh, well, you mentioned that sometimes you play with a full band. Is this a, a set group of musicians that you perform with all the time? I, I guess you know. What can you tell us about the? Uh, uh, let's get in a mention for all of the people that are that are behind you that are helping you get this out there in terms of a production company or, or any of the musicians that you play with. Yeah. Oh, well, usually it's um, uh, Christian Peterson uh, plays uh, synths and keyboards with me, and he played on the album. And he's really great. He does a. He's an interesting guy. He does his only recorded works is that he does a Christmas album every year. Uh, it's called uh, I think it's called a Kind of Christian Christmas. And uh, yeah, look it up if you get a chance. It's uh, he's it's pretty great. Uh, he's done a series of them. I think he's on his like ninth or tenth one. Um, and um, David Gluck was the bass player on the last two albums. Uh, although he moved to Portland, so uh, I don't get to play with him enough. Uh, and the drummer on the album was Andrew Delsin, uh, and uh, he's kind of a hard guy to track down. So I don't get a chance to play with him very much either. So uh, we've been rotating other musicians in. Uh, Mike McDonnell is the guy I've been playing bass with us for, for the last little while. So uh, a good little core and a few guys who kind of come come and go. It's, it's nice. So. Uh, what would you think is the best subject matter or source material for for a song and i understand that you do all of your own writing is that right yes i do yeah I do. okay so so in terms of subject matter for a song what what do you think uh gets you the most excited creatively or, or what are some of the best subject matters that you like to write about uh i find i write a lot about uh places okay. that i've been to um on the album alone there's uh you know the, the autumn in new brunswick which is about touring in New Brunswick. Um, and I guess that kind of relation between uh, places you've been and the people you're there with, uh, I think those memories really stand out for me. So uh, they become uh, nice uh, nice uh, things to draw from for songwriting. Uh, so th those kind of things really, really uh, work for me, those kind of relationships and how they connect to places. Well, yeah, and I I, uh, I featured another one of your songs last week, right? One of the uh, the singles that you'd released. I think it was Autumn in New Brunswick, or right? Yeah. Right. So yeah, thanks for thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, that song was uh, it comes from touring New Brunswick with uh, uh, with the Lankin' Autumn Lovers back, well, geez, uh, eight years ago, maybe now. And uh, in terms of Topaz, I mean, first of all, when did this album come out, and uh, what are you doing differently with this one as opposed to some of the the, the, the previous two that you've done? Um, Topaz came out uh, in September, and uh, uh, we took a much different approach to this album than we did the last album. So the guy who produced this album and the one before is James Bunton, um, who I, I I've loved from his work with uh, Evening Hymns, especially, and uh, he's worked with Donovan Woods and um, Light Fires and a whole bunch of really great bands. 
and he was the drummer in Obiju as well, which is another fun point about him. But um, so on this album, we we took a longer pre-production stage where uh, we kind of worked on the songs together a bit more with form um, and you know a little tweaking here and there, and working the band so that we could record it live off the floor. And um, sound-wise, uh, sonically, I was uh, really inspired by. Uh, 80s Gordon Lightfoot, some okay. of his uh, adult mm-hmm. contemporary records. Um, there's some really nice moments on albums like Salute and Shadows. Um, Whispers of the North would be a great song as an example that um, uh, that kind of synth mixed with uh, chorusy guitar. Uh, it's very, it's really, uh, it's really intriguing sound to me. So we really want to explore that on the album. Uh, so I, mo- uh, so I play electric guitar on most of the album. Uh, which is a change of pace for me. Yeah. So a well, few, yeah. a few changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned Gordon Lightfoot a couple of times in the course of this interview, and uh, certainly I understood the influence when, when uh, not even having read that in, in terms of your press piece, but, but uh, well, not, not, not only from, like you said, the you know the sound perspective, but also from a lyrical perspective that that uh, your songs are. A little bit more poetic in nature than than a lot of other people that I've had on here in, in terms of you know just the flow of the lyrics and things like that. So I I, I got that. I picked up on that. Oh, thank you. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I'm really I really try to focus on my lyrics, and and Gord's been a big influence in a lot of ways because we're both from the same town. We're both from Marilia, so there's this. Uh, so I think there's a psychic bond <laughs> that uh, might exist. So you're from Marilia, Ontario. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. That's uh, th- that's not a name I hear very often here. <laughs> but that, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know where that is. Sure. Nice. It's, uh, a, it's so, a nice town. Uh, um, I haven't lived there in a long, long time, but uh, uh, I go back as much as I can because my family's still there, and uh, it's uh, it's a better place than when I lived there. That's for sure. So we're going to tee up another one here uh, on the subject of travel, which is something that's near and dear to my heart because uh, I, I love to do it. Uh, so what can you tell us about the tourists? The tourists. Um, well, that's all based on true events from, uh, uh, again, connecting uh, places with the people you're with. Uh, me and um, me, my partner and three other couples went to uh, New York and we, uh, we we rented an Airbnb and uh, we we had a great time, but we had all these kind of like New York things happen to us, like uh, seeing, having you know seeing cockroaches, and uh, we actually did have bed bugs at the Airbnb we stayed at. Lovely. So not to give away, not to be too much of a spoiler in the uh, in the song, but uh, so this is about that experience. And uh, just to say, I love I love going to New York City. I just it, this is kind of one of those songs that was kind of like, well, you know, only in New York, right? You know, <laughs> these Make- things happen. Okay, so we're going to play that, and then we're going to be back for a couple more minutes with you, all right? Okay, perfect. All right. So if you just hit mute again, then we'll be right back. Sure, sounds good. Went to New York 
We spent a weekend in Bushwick The price was kind of steep But oh well, we're in New York The first day we saw a cockroach Jumped up and scurried across the hardwood We all kind of laughed and said Oh well, we're in New York We saw a rat down in the subway It looked up at me with indifference As if to say, what's your problem? You're in New York City got off at 23rd Street But we stayed on to Rockefeller The people pushed and said, get out of the way You're in New York On a worn out bench I stopped to take in the racket
Another track from his latest album, Topaz, that was Sean William Clark, and that one was called The Tourists. And uh, if you want to get some airplay on the cutting room floor, I'll give you a little hint. One of the things that really catches my attention is when a song starts with some nice, big, fat, melodic chords that really catches my attention. So I, I don't know why or where this comes from, but uh, you know, I've been like that for as long as I can remember. So uh, if you send me two or three of them, chances are that's probably the one I'm going to play. <laughs> so uh, well done, Sean. Uh, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I was going to ask you about you know some of your live performances, but uh, this is as good a time as any. I understand that you're going to be heading out to the Maritimes this uh, this spring. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I should be heading out. Uh, well, no, I will be heading out in April. Um, I've got some dates booked in Moncton, uh, Sackville, uh, in, in in New Brunswick, and in uh, PEI. In, um, and we're working on some dates in Nova Scotia as well. Is, is that uh, have you played out there before? Or I guess uh, how how much touring do you actually get a chance to do? Uh, yeah, I was out there. Jeez, it's supposed to be about four years ago now. Was the last time I was out there, so it's been a little while. Uh, I've done I've done uh, tour through the east. Maybe this will be my third time as a solo artist, and then I, I toured with uh, other bands as well. Okay, all right, and uh, I, I mean, it must be you know great to get out on the road. Do you actually get a chance to engage many, much with people that that uh, that come and see your shows? I, I guess what's uh, some of the feedback that you've gotten from from some of the people that have actually seen your work live? Um, well, uh, people seem to really like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess if like someone's coming up to talk to you, they usually don't come up to tell you they didn't like it, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it depends. Um, I don't, I'm not too sure. Like I, I do try to chat with people and hang out as much as possible, but, uh, um, I'm not too sure what really draws them <laughs> um so you, but, i mean do you play big, big venues do you do you play uh you know like a bar circuit or uh, I, I guess what kinds of venues do you play when you're typically out there uh it's kind of a mix uh depending how, how i go out um i, I usually uh, try to do a few house shows if i can um and i'll do some bars uh but sometimes you get cafes and, and odd spaces um and i actually lean towards kind of the you know the odd spaces and the house shows um and that kind of thing they really uh they really inspire me a little more than bars do okay uh, no, I, i'm kind of curious how so what, what is it about them that makes those special to you oh uh, well for, first of all like in, in its simplest form like aesthetically <laughs> i'm usually more intrigued if i'm playing in like a a church or, or like for example last night we played in hamilton and a place called mule spinner and it's a uh it's in a it's part of a factory so okay. it's this old building that used to be you know a, a factory for something so aesthetically it's gorgeous i just love those kind of spaces um and uh but also fine with those kind of shows uh, and house shows, people listen more. Um, you know, with bars, sometimes you get people just showing up to the bar to drink, and they're not too concerned about the music. Right. And right. a lot of my music is is pretty chill. Uh, so uh, sometimes I, I get drowned out <laughs> in bars. Uh, no, I noticed that you actually shot a couple of music videos. Is this uh, you know part of the process that you enjoy? Is this something that you'd like to do more of? Uh, you've done some good mm -hmm. work there, right? 
Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. It's, it's just um, ha- having any money to do it is is pretty hard because um, and and uh, and I'm not a, like a really a filmmaker myself or anything. Like I, I can't really do it myself. So I would certainly love to do it more. It's just uh, finding the the time and the funding is the is the problem. But it, it does add a, a you know a fun little layer to it too. I would imagine to be able to see the visuals along with your own um, music and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a really nice uh, uh, little bit of I don't know, promo and uh, you know or or a way of like building the identity of a song. Uh, and you could really have a lot of fun with it, uh, and I'd love to do more of it for sure. So the last question I have for you, Sean, we're uh, we're out of time here for today, but I'd love to have you back. And and again, you know, great work. Uh, you know, I was really impressed with what I heard. And, and oh, thank uh, you. if there's anything I can do to help you know promote or get the uh the word out for you then i'm happy to do it okay oh, i appreciate it thank you uh so where can people go to learn more about you um the best place to go is uh uh sean and you can find shows info and uh there's not a lot of shows up there right now but there will be very soon for the east coast tour um and actually i am hoping to be in uh, you're in montreal right casey i'm in montreal yep yep, yep. yeah i'm hoping to be in montreal in april as well i'm just trying to figure out uh, where uh where and time and all that kind of stuff so um all that information will be up there so keep checking back but in the meantime you can go there and check out videos and uh pictures and my ramblings oh, no, <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you are going to be here let me know and i'll uh, i'll make the effort to come out all right oh, so, i will for sure yeah uh, um yeah spot um also sorry i was just gonna say also uh, if you want to hear some music, Spotify is great. Uh, Bandcamp, I'm on. I'm on all of the, all of the uh, all the sites. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, just because I want to make sure that, that people get this right, it's, it's Clark with an E, right? It so, is. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you're looking for him, it's Clark with an E on the end of it. And uh, Sean is S H A W N. Sean is S H A W N. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Sean, any uh, closing thoughts before we shut this down here? Um, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm, but I'm happy you, uh, I, happen, I was happy to get, uh, in contact with you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, okay. So that's going to about do it for me this week. I'm going to be back, uh, next week. Kate Hackett is going to be here, a very prolific actress. Uh, and I've got a couple of other surprises lined up too. Uh, but again, on behalf of my guest, Sean William Clark and Dominic DeRosie, Melissa to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor, I'll see you guys next Sunday. Until then, cut, print, wrap, and I am done that was another edition of the cutting room floor with your host casey ryan follow casey on twitter at cutting room mrb and on facebook the cutting room floor lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.